right, welcome back to the 24 podcast. I am Josh, your host, and today I'm joined with Jack. Jack Zola, how you doing? Hey, Josh, great. Thanks for uh, bringing me back on. Hey, not a problem. And so um, last week, Mark did a solo show, and so we had some uh, different issues with scheduling and sickness and things like that. But uh, right. um Going on, we missed a couple couple weeks ago, but came back. Mark did it solo last week, but we're getting back into the swing of things here. And so definitely excited today to be able to talk about Season 8. And probably for me, the most exciting thing about Season 8 is it's right before LAD. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Season 8's great, but um, that definitely just lets us know that we're that much closer. Less than a month now from led coming out yeah what i right right off the bat when i think about season eight um it holds a little kind of special fun place in my heart just because i've lived in uh new york my whole life and, and when, when i heard that it was going to be set in new york i thought that was great because i really loved what they did with um with season seven putting it in dc and 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 even um redemption putting it in africa in dc and then with season eight in new york just keep trying all these different locations and it just gets me even more that more excited for um for uh lad which will be in london yeah exactly and so uh we've had uh actually a couple more um uh teaser kind of uh things come out oh yes um as well and so um you know in the last couple of weeks and so it's been interesting to be able to go through and be able to see that and so some of it kind of overlaps on some of the things they've already revealed um but kind of puts a new spin on it and uh they obviously have a lot more footage to be able to go off of now too so right um i don't even know i can't even remember where they're at as far as in the shooting but um last hey. i remember they were doing like um five and six so they're yeah, Josh, I, I actually, yeah, I actually saw a tweet about two days ago. We're, we're recording on Tuesday now, but two days ago, so I guess it was Sunday, I saw a tweet from John Kassar saying um, that they were starting episode seven and eight. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, so they're over halfway now yeah, through crazy. the recording of it. And so I think they're supposed to finish recording in June. And so, um, so yeah. Definitely excited for that. Now, season eight um, takes place, uh, let's see, 18 months after day seven. And so um, if everyone will remember, at the end of day seven, Jack had been exposed to um, exposed to the, uh, I want to say radiation, it wasn't radiation, but um, to the... Oh, to the um, <laughs> to that uh, pr um, bio weapon, the prion yes, variant. Yes. Yeah. And so he was exposed to that, and so he was undergoing some treatment when we left him in season seven, um, because Kim was very persistent in <laughs> um, in doing that. And so uh, when we start day eight, we see that um, it was obviously successful, and he's been recovering. Um, obviously, he's had to stay in. New York to be able to stay close for treatments and things like that. And, uh, but he's been cleared to be able to go back to LA. So he was planning on, um, that day 
He was going to be flying back with Kim and her family, um, her husband and daughter. And so going to be flying back with them. And so that's what we walk into as we start um, start this season. Yeah. And so I think it's really cool to be able to um, kind of see more of that family aspect. Um, and so that's the way season one started. You saw the family together. Um, and I was just going to say that. And then, and then we have season eight, and they started off basically about the same way to where there's – uh, there's this focus on the family. And so Jack being with his granddaughter, uh, just the two of them are kind of spending some time together. And so um, I thought that was great. Of course, it didn't take too long before um, some action started. Um, and a old friend of sorts of Jack's uh, comes bursting in and says, hey, I got a problem um, or I got some information I need to let you know. Um, and so... Um, kind of pulled Jack in. Jack said, hey, I, I don't want to get involved in this. I'm, I'm out of this. I'm, I just want to be with my family. And so um, he's really, um, it, it seems like the long, the more he goes on, the more he wants to focus on family. And so. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, you mentioned season one, and it was amazing how it kind of came like full circle, you know, and season one, that first episode, he's playing, chess with kim they're in their house they're like wearing sweatpants they're relaxing doing family time and then well at the time we thought it was gonna be the last season the last season of 24 season eight he's uh he's hanging out watching cartoons with his granddaughter i just thought that 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 was a really nice touch you got to see him as as a uh as a grandfather but yeah just like you know all you know just like all all the other times he he gets roped right back into it and i wonder you know j- just to jump to lad j- j- just for a second in terms of how they're going to set that up you know we saw C- season eight he was so at the beginning he was so invested in family he was not going to go help um this guy victor ruse that came to his doorstep in uh, until kim forced him to say look you're going to beat yourself up the whole day if something happens why don't you just go deliver this guy to CTU and then you could get your own get get on another flight and meet us in LA. So he was completely ready to forget about all that stuff, get back to family life, go back to LA, uh you know, live nearby with Kim and her daughter and husband and of course all all the events kept happening, but I I I wonder if, you know, he's on the run, obviously he's a fugitive in LAD if they're going to kind of touch back to any of that like if he's able to keep tabs on his family or just kind of like have some sort of watchful eye over them. I I mean, I I know he's so far away, he's going all over the world, but it was just, it was, it was really nice to see him, um, you know, spending that family time. Yeah, exactly. And so, but yeah, it is interesting. I mean, Kim, obviously um, through all this, this is, um, I just saw it. It's, uh, it's like 18 years want to find it again no 14 14 and a half years since terry died so since season one this is 14 and a half years since right. then and so in in all that time kim has obviously been able to see her dad and understand how he works and operates and so when this informant came and had news about this plot 
that she knew that Jack, even though he wanted to be with family, she understood his desire to be able to do the right thing. And so um, she, and so like you said, I mean, she, she pushed him and forced him to basically say, hey, just go, uh, take care of what you need to do, and then just meet us. And so, and of course, Jack um, did that. And so, um, and so this is when we're introduced to the fact that um, President Taylor has reinstated um, a CTU there in New York. And so, um, because I guess with all the work that was done in season seven, um, Jack and Bill and the crew um, kind of proving the, yeah. um, the benefit and the necess- necessity for having a CTU. Yeah, um, that that she's at least putting this up. I um, it's it's basically kind of like a trial um, kind of setup, and they 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 got a pretty good uh, uh, setup there. The way they yeah, got that. I I mean the 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 Los Angeles to use will always will always be that special place for us fans because that's where it all started, and um, and even that um, even that uh, headquarters has undergone changes from the first to sixth season but um this ctu i just found to be really really cool i mean it's like it's underground you have to like drive through this tunnel to get there it looks obviously you know being further and further into the um you know in i guess it was 2010 or 11 at that time it's further into the into the future in terms of there's more technology there's there's better um you know, equipment and, and stuff like that. And uh, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a, a pretty cool setup that, that that's one thing that the show does just unbelievable is the, um is the sets on this show. Yeah, they do. Yeah. It, it is incredible the way they'd be able to do that. And they're always pushing the technology. Yes. Um, And so as, as you're seeing the seasons, you can see that um, they're, they're, they're definitely pushing the limit as far as what technology can do. And so some of the stuff, um, and, and, and it's all, I mean, some of it, I think is, if not all of it is something that most people kind of know about, um, but is, but they're like right on the edge of it, it seems. So it'd be kind of interesting to see, um, what they do with that in LAD, um, yeah. as far as, as far as that. And so, but yeah, so, um, so one thing I, I thought was interesting, um, kind of taking a, another little tangent here is um I actually just here a couple weeks ago I watched the second season of Touch. Um okay. which for those that may not remember um that is a show that um Kiefer Sutherland had done um in between or after season 8. Um and so they had two seasons of that. Um and so he plays a father of a um a special needs child. Um, a son that um, seems to have some special powers to be able to um, basically kind of predict the future. Oh, okay. Um, and so um, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of it, but as you go through and you um, go through that season, you can see that there's actually a lot of the actors and actresses from 24 that he pulls into touch. And so, and oh, one okay. of them is um is the director of CTU in season eight. Um I just lost his name I'm trying to find it again. 
Oh, uh, Brian Hastings? Yes, Brian Hastings. And so um, in Touch, he plays a detective um, during the last couple episodes. Um, and so he kind of still has that same type of role that um, that he's doing as far as investigating and interrogating and things like that. And so I thought it was a very interesting um, way that he was able to be able to kind of pull that in. And so he, he does a really good job at that role. And so... Um, and so he's, he's very, uh, stringent on the rules and he has an interesting relationship with Chloe because Chloe is there as well, working at CTU and, um, apparently Chloe, I mean, she does her normal computer analyst type of work, but it seems like she's, uh, kind of upgraded a little bit in season eight here. Yeah. Chloe is is back, and of course, as I've said in previous um, seasons, I, I think it was actually when I was talking about season seven one time. How, you know, of course, being in DC, they had to wipe out most of the cast, but it was nice that they were somehow, you know, able to bring back a Tony, Bill, Chloe, just to you know, because I think in, in essence it is a character driven show, and being able to have them back always makes it feel like it truly is twenty four, and this is. Sort of the same thing. They were able to find a storyline for Renee. They brought back President Taylor, and of course, having back Chloe and, and even Kim to a uh, for for one or two episodes. But yeah, Chloe. Uh, I thought this was just another another really great job by the writers, giving Chloe some hilarious faces and funny lines because I guess she is a um, she is a, an analyst, and they've upgraded her technology, and maybe even they've upgraded her role, but. It starts off where she's, I guess, um, uh, if season eight was when she was officially working back at CTU, she hadn't worked at CTU until um, since season six, because season seven, she was just kind of freelance with the FBI. So I guess it must have been a few years and she wasn't caught up with their, especially with all their new systems. So it was definitely funny in those first couple episodes. I think it was. It was because, uh, you know, she she hates to be wrong and always needs to be right and has to be the the uh, the perfectionist at, at everything when it comes to computers. When Dana kind of just like taps her on the shoulder and like and is like to Chloe, oh, don't worry, you'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> yeah. As, as she's like banging on her keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, because even though Chloe was uh, excellent at what she did. Um, the system itself and all that was a little bit different. So, yeah. so yeah, she was having a little hard time trying to um, do some of the different things in that different format. And so, and so yeah, so uh, we're introduced to them. Um, and you mentioned um, mentioned Dana, um, which is obviously a very critical role in yes. this season. And so. Um, a lot of headbutting between her and Chloe. Um, and so, and then, uh, there's Cole, um, which of course you can't forget about Cole. And so, um, I, I definitely loved his character. And so he was the, uh, at the head of field ops, um, there, um, and, and very much a kind of like a Jack wannabe. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely. I I I think they kind of set that tone 
right from the first time that he meets Jack, um, because I mean, you go through the other, the other uh, kind of not partners, but good field agents that Jack has worked with in the field, whether it's a Curtis or Mike Doyle, the, the, you know, those type, even Chase. I mean, yes, they all respected Jack and they really, you know, enjoyed working for him and they had his back and stuff like that. But you, 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 you never really sense that there was like a, like an, like an awe factor, like they're working with a legend and stuff like that. You know, every, everyone in their industry, whatever line of work you have, everybody might know of someone who's a pioneer in that industry or has been the best in that industry, you know, it, uh, something like that. And, and I think that first line when Cole lands the helicopter on the roof when uh, Jack is is bringing up a ruse who had just been shot. I when he when he shakes his hand when he shakes Jack's hand. I, I love that line where Cole goes, "It's an honor to meet you." So I kind of mm-hmm. think that finally, um, and it, it even spread to New York that his that Jack's reputation is now preceding him even further. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, he has a uh, um, a great reputation. And so I mean, even in season seven, there was. Uh when he was being held or just starting at the beginning of season seven. Oh, that's right. And, and he's going through the, um, the hearing or just came from the hearing and he was in the vehicle with yep. one of the FBI guys. He says, Hey, I, I really appreciate what you've done. I think, I don't think it's right what they're doing to you. Um, and so, so yeah, but Cole, I mean, he, he obviously, um, almost idolized, yes. um, Jack. And so, I mean, and then the opportunity now to be able to work with him, um, at least for this short time, um, just to kind of be able to see that. And so, I mean, you can see that um, he and Cole really had a lot of the same um, mindset um, and philosophy about things that should be done. And I think there was a lot of times as they were going out and um, doing some of the work that um, it, it was almost kind of unspoken as far as what should be done. Um, right. They both kind of knew, okay, this is what we need to do in the situation. Um, but you can definitely see that as the Caesar went on, that um, as Jack started to um, uh, quote unquote lose it um, uh, there toward the end there after Renee was killed, um, right. that Cole started to really question what Jack was doing and all that. Um, but I, I, I think he had the I think what made it such a big struggle for him. Uh, I know we're kind of getting ahead there, but we can. Yeah. But it, it ties into the fact that I think because he idolized Jack, that it was hard for him to be able to try to make that decision um, as far as should he go against Jack um, and follow orders or should he um, just go ahead and just follow the orders, even though um, it would go against Jack. And so, right, and right. so he, and, and he was having that struggle. Yeah. And, and, and Josh, I, I actually don't. I I don't blame him for having that struggle because from from all he's known about Jack because look if your reputation go, uh, goes around the country as oh he'll do anything he'll take a bullet he'll kill himself as long as he saves the people I think also part of the reputation that comes over is that he doesn't go by the book and he does whatever he has to no matter the cost so I think that that conflict was um was hard for Cole because he saw all the things Jack was doing and, you know, he always knew he was an off the book kind of guy, but, you know, he didn't know if it was like, where was that line where it was too far? And, and I, I found that to be, you know, just to give Cole a little more of a, um, um, 
I can't think of a word, but but more of like a, uh, you know, um, not a moral compass, but but just kind of like an uh, integrity compass for his own character, not just a, you know, a, a guy following him around trying to be his his partner. I I I I find I found that that was great that he actually had a a, a conflict with that because he's seen the type of stuff that Jack has done uh, in the past. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the, 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 the other thing I found interesting comparing Cole to Jack real quickly is that, you know, of course, Jack has dated. Um, I mean, I guess it was only one person, but he's dated one of his colleagues before, just like uh, Tony did also with Michelle. But, you know, Jack, of course, when they were separated, he had some former relationship with uh, Nina when he was separated with Terry. And of course, as we find find out in the opening episode, that Cole is engaged to Dana. So I find that, you know, sometimes in 24, I do feel it could be a little uh, played out that whole, like in season six, like Milo started flirting with Nadia and then Nadia had feelings maybe for Mike Doyle. And then you had Chloe and Morris working together. So sometimes I feel like it can be, a little uh, played out, but um, but I think as we go further along season eight, you know, I I, I think we'll see why uh, they had to make them engage just because of you know the events that transpired. They wanted to have more of a of a of a hitting home type of impact for Cole, but I I kind of found that to be very Jack like, also mixing business with pleasure. Mm, right. Yeah, definitely, and so. Um... Yeah, I, I guess I never, I didn't really think about how much that they do play that um, that oh, card, yeah, if you will. It's a lot, <laughs> but but yeah, it, it is in there quite a bit. But um, but but I think they they tend to change it up a little bit with the relationship, so it's not always um, the same kind of storyline between them. And so, I mean, of course, now they have done the thing to where um, where one in the relationship is turns out to be a traitor, right? But, um, but but this was done in a little bit different way, um, I guess. But but yeah, it really ties the story together. Um, it really makes it personal for Cole. But um, but kind of getting back to the storyline, we had um, we had Jack that finally decides to go ahead and go to CTU and contact them for um, informing them about his informant that had the information about a plot against um, the, um, what is it, the IRK president, Hassan. And so um, so there was a, a signing, a treaty that was uh, being worked on um, at the UN, and there was going to be a hit on President Hassan. And so, and of course, that would be, um, utterly devastating for both countries and uh, politically and militarily for the United States. It would end up becoming a very uh, bad thing. And so Jack was going to help intervene with that. And so um, they were able to um, get a hold of a journalist that was there and looked uh, seemed suspicious with um, how she was acting and all that. And yes. so and so they had um, taken her because they they believed that she was the one that was going to do the assassination or at least was a key role. In right. It. And so which, of course, we find out later that she was innocent. Right. But but I, I I think they used that 
um, ploy uh, to get into the minds of, of the fans and the viewers thinking that what better way to, um, you know, to be able to, 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 to wrap a guy around your finger or to, or to get in the, in the head and in the good graces and the confidence of a world leader rather than just trying to develop a, you know, I know it, it would, it would be a dirty way, but trying to develop a good journalistic rapport. No, of course, you know, unfortunately, so a lot of politicians and some high ranking people in, in our real world, you know, they, they get quote unquote involved with, with pe people like this. So of course, and of course, 24 is great with showing you the scenes where, She's on the phone and she's only talking to her newspaper editor. But of course, she's saying very vague things like it'll be done. I'll have it done within the hour. And of course, she's just talking about her feature story mm -hmm. on President Hassan. But I found that that was great because, look, you in 24, you, you, you can never just say, oh, no, she's definitely going to be this way because they always have a a black gray or white character, you know, in terms of the, the, their gray, where they're in the middle, the, you know, sometimes they're never black or white. So I, I think that um, making her romantically involved with Hassan's kind of hinting that they had an affair and that he's not uh, that close with his wife anymore, Dahlia, I, I thought that was a great way to show that, okay, maybe this is, uh, maybe this, this woman is really just posing as a, journalist and just trying to get some uh, some information for who whatever like mercenary she's working for but they uh that that was not the case and she turned out to be a legitimate reporter um and and kind of fueling that 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 whole thing about uh where are her interests and and, and uh where are her true intentions was her um was his brother Farhad's um constant uh disapproval of her Mm -hmm. And I and 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 it it is ironic because later on we find out that you know Farhad is the one that is working against his own brother and his country. But um, I I found out I found that to be classic twenty four where they immediately make you start you know scratching your head like is she good is she bad is she kind of in the middle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but yeah, but then they did come up pretty quick with revealing that the brother was involved in the situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as um, so as Jack is starting to um, help do this, he was about to leave. But then Chloe pulls him and, and says, hey, I think there's more to this than this journalist. And so I, I think this is just a ploy. I think there's more to it. I don't think she's actually involved. Um, and so and so Jack says, well, go tell. Go tell the director. Go, <laughs> yeah. So go tell Hastings. I don't work there anymore. Go tell Hastings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he say, "I'm, I'm, I'm about to get on a plane. I'm going to L.A. I'm done." And yeah. so, but she convinced him, and and so he, so he went to Hastings and and uh, and talked to him about that, and uh, he ended up uh, kind of working for him, uh, and so he ended up um, following a, a lead that led him to a police officer's house that um, that was going to be working at the UN, yes. um, but come to find out that he had canceled his shift and someone was going to work for him. And so he was going to find out what was going on. And when he got there, the police officer had been shot. 
Um, and so he had gone there to try to find out some information. But as he got there, a couple other police officers showed up. And when they saw that Jack was there and the other and the other police officer was dead, the the two officers take Jack and start beating him up, um, oh, thinking man, that yeah. he was the one that had killed him. And of course, Jack's trying to say, "No, I'm not. I'm I I work for the government. I'm yeah I'm doing this my and, credentials." <laughs> and so, which of course, I mean, Jack didn't really have credentials. Um, oh right, yeah, I guess so he was much because yeah, yeah. So. Um, so, so he was, and so that, so that kind of, uh, brought a thing, but, uh, but then he was able to, um, but they were able to finally get the information, um, about what was going to happen there. And that, um, one of the, one of the cops was actually, um, uh, one of the terrorists that was going to be sending off a bomb there. Um, and of course, I mean, they, they had to play it last second, um, type of thing. And so, yeah um cole gets the information um he finds the guy and he uh they're they're driving in a processional and as um as they're going through cole gets an information and he cuts through um he ends up cutting off hassan's car and then the um explosion goes off and um and so um cole is able to save president hassan and Josh, t- yes. typical, typical Josh, uh, excuse me, Josh Bauer. Yeah. Well, it wasn't Josh Bauer. <laughs> yes. um, typical Jack Bauer style, you know, just not care. I mean, look, look, I, I mean, you know, he's engaged. He has his whole life ahead of him. He wants to start a family, such as spend his whole life with Dana and have a, a great life. But he understands the risks of the job. And all that went, went out the window. And what I find amazing is that just like Jack would do, um, uh, kind of like when they when uh, when he wasn't really in, involved in this, it was more Aaron. But when they got word that the the Russian president season five, their their motorcade was, was go- going to get blown up that time, Martha got into the like, it's not even Cole's own country's president. And he still would risk his life because it was on U.S. soil. You know, you came to our country. We're going to protect you. And it was just typical Jack Bauer style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's um, and that's when we find out that the brother was involved, um, and the brother, um, tries to escape and he does get out. Um, yeah, and he makes contact then with um with some Russians, um, because uh, this whole thing was about trying to get some nuclear rods. Um, it turns yes. out, and so, um, and so he was trying to get those, um. I'm trying to. The name has. Uh, oh, the name is um, Sergey Bazayev. Thank you. Yes. And so. <laughs> what I th- what I thought what was great compared to um, compared to different uh, to different times that they've used Russians is they've kind of used you know the government uh, in terms of uh, in terms of. Russians and also they've used a um, like a like Russian separatists, you know, people that right. were, were like Vladimir Bierkel. They were kind of um, at some point, uh, you know, their goals aligned with the with the governments and then they they separated. That's where um, they you know, they, they found themselves. But I, I found that it was great that they kind of did something different in season eight where they use an organized crime faction. I mean, we haven't seen anything with 
a mob or a mafia before because of course 24 is is more of a global and international type of show but i i i thought that was really great that you know it it almost seemed uh like when you first met Bazaev um and then when he first got that call from Vladimir, I, I know I'm jumping ahead a couple episodes, but that, you know, when he, when Vladimir was asking about the rods, um, Sergey, of course, said like, oh, you know, we, we don't deal in that. That's international stuff. And, you know, he, of course, was lying, but I, I, I kind of fa- found that interesting where it almost seemed like Sergey, who was the head of the Russian mob, was almost a little in over his head working you know because you know mobsters that they, they deal weapons they deal drugs they they, they kind of push around uh you know that they, they they launder money and stuff like that and and I, I don't know maybe i'm taking this completely wrong and that he was a international mobster but i, I just kind of got the feel that he was in over his head and then later on in the season when you see uh you know uh sergey later on talking to jack it almost was like especially what happens with his family that he kind of resents getting uh getting into the whole um you know dealings with with farhad right yeah definitely and so um and so of course um when when they found out about the russians um and their dealings um back at ctu they're like hey we have someone that has a history having been undercover with Russians before. So we're going to bring this person in so that we can be able to quickly be able to reestablish some kind of connection to find out who is involved in this. And so, um, and of course they don't say who it is and then come to find out it's Renee. Yeah. And so when Jack's like, no, we can't bring Renee in this. And so, because I mean, Renee, I mean, she's, she's been, uh, I mean, at the end of season seven, she she starts to go um, off the deep end into Jackland, yeah. uh, if you will. And so Jackland, uh, yeah, we we have to we gotta we gotta copyright that word Jackland. I love it. <laughs> there we go. Hashtag Jackland. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so as we see her ending on season seven, she's she's going off book. She's going against all the rules. Yep. And she's about to torture this guy to get some information. And so she she takes her badge off and says, all right, I'm going in. That's basically she's saying this is my resignation. And so she goes in and and obviously, I mean, they, they don't tell us exactly what uh, she did, but obviously she went way off protocol. Yeah. Um, and in the process of all of that, it really hit her mentally. Um, is what had happened. And so as you, as we go through season eight, we can see this kind of play out, the struggle that she's having. Yeah. And so, um, but she's determined to see it through. And so she says, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to get through this day and then and then we're going to be done. Yeah. Um, and so, and so Jack's trying to convince her to otherwise. And, and so when uh, they decide that she's going to go in, Jack says, here, no, take me in too. And so, because he wanted to watch after her. And yeah. so, of course, Jack, he's still, he, he, he was, he was ready to go back to LA, but, but he, but he says, no, I got to watch after Renee because I mean, obviously Renee was, a um, even though it wasn't long, it was a part of his life. Um, and of course there was romantic, um, things that, yeah, that, that, that were starting to form before and, um, are obviously there 
later on in this season. But yeah, and 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 Josh, r- real quick, it just goes to show you, I think, how how much um, you know Jack actually cared for her, and and I'm not sure if it was because of. Um, you know, she was the most similar to him out of all his love interests because she was a field agent and she understood what it took and the life that it was. Or if it's maybe he did feel a little responsible in terms of, you know, there was that quote by Larry Moss in season seven. I've never seen her act this way in the 13 years that she's been with the FBI and she's done this stuff in just, you know, the last five hours. And and it, it seems like Jack's off the book ways and get it done by any methods necessary kind of, um, you know, not corrupted her because she of course did everything for the good of the country, but kind of changed her. And I wonder if, if he, he did feel responsible for that because not only with his, um, you know, romantic interest in her, but he was ready to go. He was done. He had, I mean, you saw him in episode one of season eight. He was just wanted to get on that plane, be with his family, live in peace the rest of his life. And he had that opportunity and as soon as they they brought in Renee and 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 it, it was totally believable. I'm happy that the writers didn't just kind of have some some uh, you know some kind of half excuse to keep Jack around. I mean, it was a legitimate, believable reason why after he swore all he wanted to do was be with his family, that he he stuck around. And and I think that that kind of I mean, we didn't really need validation on Renee's character, but that just kind of made her character. All the more important. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so they 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 pull her in, and um, and so her and Jack they're um, getting their undercover backstory lined up. Um, and so um, Jack's going to be brought in as um, as a as a buyer of sorts. Um, and so Renee was going to be kind of the foot in the door to. Uh, kind of reestablished with Vladimir, um, who yeah. she had been undercover with before, and um, and so her story was that she got caught and and then she escaped and she's trying to um, track this one thing down. Um, but anyway, so um, and so they 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 bring him in or bring her in and uh, and they and he's not real sure about her. Yeah. And so and so they're they take her out to a, a dock and <laughs> she, they, he has her down on her knees and he has a gun to her head and she says, just shoot me, just kill yeah. me. She, and so she, she gives this story, I mean, which is probably everything she say is probably true. Yeah, you know, definitely. She's like, I, I mean, my life is my life is crap. I mean, everything's bad. Everything's life. terrible. Yeah. I lost everything. Yeah. He says, I got nothing to live for. Just kill me. And so, um, and so obviously, um, Vladimir bought it and she lived and he killed the other guy and, um, and so brought her in and then, uh, and then, uh, brought, brought Jack in to, uh, to do this. And she convinces Vladimir to make some phone calls to try to see if he can track down about these, uh, the nuclear rods, um, and so, and of course, he goes through his whole list of possible contacts, and all all of them are saying no. And that's when um, Vladimir calls um, uh, Sergey, right? And um, and, and Sergey, um, by by this time, we know that he has the rods. 
Um, but he's but he's playing it off because obviously he doesn't want people to know. And so when he gets a phone call, then he's like, wait a minute, people know about this. And so this is uh, somehow the word got out. And so and so yeah. he's he's starting to sweat a little bit at this point. And so um, and so then uh, in that process of them being there with Vladimir, um, we see that there was a. Um, I don't. I don't know if we say romantic, but there was a uh, <laughs> a physical relationship of sorts that had taken place before between Renee and Vladimir. Um, and apparently he's abusive. Yeah. Uh, but but he tries to um, sway her again physically, and all that, and she tries to play along um, in her thing, but then she snaps and ends up killing him. Um, and that so that scene was something else. It was, and that so was something else. And so, I mean, it kind of, it kind of just brought it all, all together, <laughs> too. And so, yeah, I, um, I mean, if if there was any, if there was any way the writers could manifest everything she has been through since season seven, with the death of Larry Moss, losing her um, career by torturing Alan Wilson. And then just not caring. That was the way to do it. Stab a guy's eye out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, I mean, can, can we say that she might have gone a little Jack Bauer on Vladimir? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, God. so, yeah, so she, uh, so, so she does that. And, and of course, then she's all freaked out and Jack's trying to calm her down. Um, and then, of course, I mean, with, with all that, then uh, uh, they had to start trying to hide. Um, but then in the process, right. um, they, they, they get a lead that Jack goes to follow up on and tells her to stay and says, Hey, this is not your fault. You were just defending yourself. And, and so, and of course, then they brought her in the question. It's like, ah, I mean, this is our lead witness and you go and attack him. And so we're not sure about this. And yeah. And so, so yeah. So I mean, uh, um, a lot of intense things that go on. And of course, um, Renee and Jack, continue on in their pursuit of this um but we're gonna i think we're gonna stop here for this week um for this episode and we'll pick up next week um on this but yeah there's a lot of things that um start to progress and so season eight um has a couple different um storylines if you will yeah or plot lines um and so uh through several of the seasons uh, they they kind of had the same thing to where um, it was like different issues that they were dealing with at different times. Um, and there was others to where it was like basically the same thing going throughout the entire season. And it was um, all tied together um, easily. But this is one of them to where it's like a couple different plots that take place. And so so we had the whole assassination thing with um, President Hassan right at the beginning. And then we see the this Russian mafia that's involved with getting the rods. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then we get to the last part and we see that there's uh, an even bigger conspiracy that that goes in between the U.S. government and the Russian government that are um, being involved in the last part centered around that it has nothing to do with the rods. Surprise! So, President Suvorov is back. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring that one in, but oh, okay. <laughs> no, spoiler, spoiler alert! Sorry about that. 
Uh, that's all right. <laughs> I feel like, look, we, you guys have said it plenty of times before. If, if you haven't watched these episodes, you know, you always say try to get them in before listening to the podcast. Yeah. You never <laughs> know what we might say. Folks, this will be my last time on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, but anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so a lot of things going on here so far and, uh, obviously a lot more to come up. Uh, I believe the plan is next episode that Mark is going to be with Joel, um, bringing in the middle part of the season. And so, um, or at least the next several episodes. And so, uh, definitely looking forward to be able to hear that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to their, uh, to their take on it and also to see what their opinions are. We, we really didn't talk about it, but when um, you talk about the different plot lines and the different storylines, when one of, uh, when a, a, a person of uh, Dana's past comes back into, uh, into her life. And I want to know what their, what their take on, on that was, because that was a, that was a frustrating uh, plot line, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, now, actually just before we close. Yeah, uh, sure. We did have the a question that came in through our Facebook page. Oh, great! Um, which, for those that may not know, um, we do have a Facebook page. So, facebook.com forward slash the twenty four podcast. So, if you haven't already, you can be able to like our page there, and that would definitely be appreciated. Um, but we've had um, a couple uh, different conversations. With a guy on there, um, I don't know his full name, but it's DK Finn, and so we're definitely appreciative of him making connection with us here the last several weeks. Um, which actually, uh, two episodes or two weeks ago, when we were supposed, to, when we missed that episode, he was uh, contacting us on there saying, "Hey, uh, what happened to the episode?" <laughs> um, and so uh, we definitely appreciate everybody's uh, faithfulness to uh, be looking out for the episodes. Um, Blame anyway, Alvin Wilson. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> he made me sick. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so so he had uh, he submitted a question here. He said, "Here's a good question to ponder on a podcast episode." He says, "Has Jack ever been wrong?" He says, "I'm not talking about uh, misled, but genuinely mm-hmm. wrong." He right. says, "Conversely, is Jack always right?" So, um, so let's talk about that. What do you think? Yeah. Um... When when I first hear of the words Jack Bauer and right and wrong in the sentence, I I always think that that that's more or less the whole the whole uh, fabric of the show, and I think it kind of was uh, Jack, uh, and it was nice to get the characters take on it since we uh, we can't ask Jack what he thinks about it. You know, we we kind of got his answer in that trial at the beginning of season seven, meaning. He, whether it's right or wrong, you know, some things he thinks are right. Some he, he knows they're not uh, by the by the rules and by the law. And he acknowledged that. But whatever it takes, he will save that bus full of 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 children and, and, and people because he knows that's what he's brought in to do. That is his um, that is his mission. And, and he will do whatever he can uh, to accomplish that. So to me, I think. Of all the characters on 24, I think that, you know, of course, we we want the, the good guys to always win and we want the, the, the good to beat the evil. But I think that Jack, uh, how he goes about his business is is very gray just because he he doesn't go by the rules and he doesn't go by, by the book. But I mean, 
whenever he accomplishes saving the good and protecting the country and helping the president, whatever means is necessary, I think that he does, I would say 90% of the time, he makes the right call. Because as we see, and I always laugh at these characters that come on in the first third of the season um, that always go against him, whether it was George Mason, Ryan Chappelle, or, or early on, they always go against them. And then, you know, they're always proven wrong. So I think Jack more or less does always do the right thing. One instance that comes to mind, and if, if, if I was able to think about it more, I think I would be able to maybe come up with a couple others. But one instance that comes to mind is, is the Paul Reigns um, uh, situation with the surgery. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it was wrong to do that because they needed that um, the, the Chinese consul, um, you know, to remain alive because he had a connection to Habib Marwan and that, you know, further uh, prevented a nuclear warhead from blowing up a United States city. So that, of course, was important. But, I mean, just in terms of what he does for the country, I mean, that was his girlfriend's ex-husband. And she may still think it was wrong. I know she said she forgave him after they were were, were reunited. But just to kind of sum it up, I do think that he... He does do the the right thing uh, when it comes down to it 90% of the time. And there's a couple times where, um, how about, uh, Josh, why why don't you, you take it from here? What do you think about um, what happened with, uh, with uh, Terry in season one? Did actions that he did, whether it was, um, you know, sleeping with Nina and getting involved with that, did all of that and not picking up on her um, double crossing, working for that German guy, did that kind of lead to his wife being killed? And did he do something wrong with that? You know, that, that would be my take on it. What do you, uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, overall, I, I, I generally agree with your assessment as far as 90% right. Yeah. Um, and so there's definitely places where he should have did something different. Um, like in season one, um, he should have, instead of trying to do everything himself and keeping everybody else in the dark, um, could have opened up to a couple other people um, to try to get the help that he needed yeah. um, earlier on. And so, I mean, the first part of season one, um, he was all on his own um, with the help of Nina and Tony, who were both helping to keep it quiet. Um, but but then when he came to the, by the time he got to the place to where he could generally kind of trust who, who he who or knew who he can trust. Um, he should have he should have said, "Hey, uh, they they got my family. They're trying to do this. They, I'm not supposed to contact anybody, but just to let you know, um, I, I I don't know how to do that better necessarily, but um, but we see later on when he was presented with that that he let he let people know, hey." this is what they want me to do, but I don't want to do that. And so, but I don't want my family to die. And so by the end of that, that part, he, he did do that. Um, as we're looking in season eight here, um, again, we're kind of jumping ahead, but when he goes on his rampage of exacting revenge on the Russians and those that were involved, that I think that he, he was doing the wrong thing there. Um, as far as trying to do it himself, he should have stood back and uh, had the 
had the government take care of it. And yeah. so, um, and so, I mean, that, that, that's my opinion. And so, I, I mean, I, I mean, yes, what, what he did needed to be done, but I don't think it necessarily needed to be done the way he did it and necessarily as immediately as he did it. But of course we know 24 is famous for, um, everything has to be done yesterday. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so as we wrap up, I'd like to direct everybody to the website you can go to the 24 podcast forward slash zero three five for episode 35. And we'd love to hear what you have to say about what we've been talking about. So something with season eight, or even if you have some comments regarding um, LAD that's coming up, maybe some ideas that you have for that or some piece of news that uh, we missed that you think should be mentioned. So we'd love to be able to hear from you on that. Or maybe you have an opinion about um, Jack Bauer being right or wrong. And so we'd love to be able to get your input on that as well. And I'm sure next week we can get the perspective from Mark and Joel as well. And so as long as they are doing the recording next week, which is what the plan is right now. And so we would definitely love to be able to hear back from you in that regard. And so we'd also love for you to be able to tell your friends and your family, even your enemies, everyone you can think of about the 24 podcast. We would definitely love to be able to broaden our reach as we are drawing closer to the start of LAD here in less than a month of this recording. And so we would love to be able to help to be able to reach more people, be able to help entertain more people, get more feedback, just to really make this the best show that we possibly can. And we need you to be able to help with that. So uh, several ways you can do that. You can mention it on Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, any of those places. You can be able to help spread it throughout your social media. You can uh, email about it you can go to itunes and leave us a review that'd be a good way also to be able to help be able to bring the rankings up on the show so that other people can be able to find it as they search in itunes for it and so that can be able be a help as well and so we would definitely appreciate that i haven't checked it in the last couple of weeks um so if you have left a review for us here lately um hopefully i will find it we definitely love to be able to give you thanks for that on the podcast as well. Now, I believe that's all we're going to uh, have for this week. And so we definitely look forward to speaking with you and we will talk to you later. You know what I I I mean? Do you want to briefly talk about it now, or just talk about it when we record? Yeah, we can just do it when we record. Otherwise, we'll just be doing it twice. Yeah, <laughs> so, all right, sounds good. No, and so yeah, me and Mark do that all the time. It's like we'll talk. Yeah, because for it, it, it's like twenty like, thirty oh, minutes, and they're like, "Man, we should have been just oh. recording." <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. Oh, forgot to press the button.